glad to have you with us on hand. Oh, we're, we're on here. Uh, but anyway, it has been a little bit. I think we're gonna, gonna just do a, this week in the JJ Sports World. I think that's what we're doing here. And we're gonna talk about quite a few different things, including a lot of stories surrounding the Olympics and Simone Biles and and that is all shaping out. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I know. I don't know really everything. And, you know, so, you know we all, that, well, this is kind of how it rolls. But uh, let's start with the big. Let's start with something on the very, very good and bright side. The United States men's national team. You know, those of you who aren't soccer fans, this is soccer. This is the Gold Cup final which was taking place last night, Las Vegas, Nevada, United States. Of course, they came in as underdogs. This is not the best United States team. Without stars like Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, among others, who are not with the men's national team, but they are instead with their club teams at this time over in Europe. Of course, many of the players that the United States fielded for this game against Mexico come from... Major League Soccer. So it is a much of this talent who plays club ball in the United States. I, I do not believe that there is a Las Vegas team in Major League Soccer, at least not yet. But Major League Soccer very much has expanded much over the last 10 years. Keep in mind that. So, the United States fielded their their team and it was a tough one to watch as an American fan it was I'll tell you it was so hard to watch because Mexico had the pressure on all night I wouldn't say all night but at least the first uh first half for sure they had the pressure on so many opportunities were created but then I think really the turning point um, comes a little later when the United States able to create some chances, and I, but I am going to recall it. I, it was, it was the opportunity from one of the players. I don't remember who. Maybe it was Ariola, who really, it was sort of that that one where you thought they would score, and Stewart Stu holding on the call. He was on the call, obviously, for FS1. He said, I don't know how that one was stopped. And and I would agree that, yes, that was a... That really, I think that was the turning point in the game where the U.S., they really thought that they had a op- an opportunity to take the lead in the game and not just sit back and take pressure and try to get to PKs. And the United States, they go into extra time they didn't, they have, of course, made some big substitutions, taking off a lot of experience and a very young team that finished the game for the United States. I will tell you that much. Uh, but the, the Americans, they finished and they finished in style and
and you know it's it's always great to see uh, the Americans. But the game-winning goal, I think it was Miles Robinson, the name of the game winner, who who scored 117th minute extra time, and you know you you hope for this, you hope for for players like him that come up. And I think he was a defender, so, um, you know, what a goal. What a goal for him, and, and you know, uh, congrats to the United States men's national team who got it done against Mexico. And they, you know, I think I covered it here, U.S. beat Mexico in the Nations League about two months ago just under two months ago, to win that tournament. But that tournament, of course, the United States had their number one stars, their best players uh, in action for that one. But in this one, they were really shorthanded, you know, as you would want to say. But then again, they still have to qualify for the World Cup. Good news is... They aren't trailing anybody. They're tied for the lead, but they're also tied for the bottom. And these first three games are going to set the tone. It starts in El Salvador, and then they get Canada at home. I don't I don't know who that third opponent is. Off the top of my head, I I don't I don't I don't know who but it'll be on on the road. And Paramount Plus, they'll have the games that are not in the United States. And that are not in Mexico. All of those CONCACAF qualifiers. You can catch them on Paramount Plus. They'll have about three per cycle. An average of three. As they like to call it. But. Again the US team. They will have a tough road to get to Qatar. But I think they'll get there. And I think they'll be led by a lot of young talent. And, you know, a very bright future. But let's move on to... We'll stay in soccer. Let's move on to the United States women's national team who they beat the Netherlands in the quarterfinal in penalty kicks. And then last night, 3 a.m. Central Time was kickoff. Ended around 5 in the morning. Central time. I didn't watch the game. You know, had places to be this morning. I would have if maybe I didn't have anything to do and I may be pulling on later. Because, you know, I want to watch the night of the Olympics because maybe that's what I want to do. I'm not going to... I might do that. I might do that on uh, Friday night uh, when we have men's basketball. And, I, you know, maybe Saturday night would be better. I don't know. But I'll watch the entire U.S. men's basketball gold gold medal game. I don't know if the U.S. will even get there. But so they play U.S. men's basketball again. They play tonight. But back to the U.S. women's national soccer team. They got they lost. And you can tell me, well, there shouldn't have been a penalty kick there. But what I'll tell you back is that you're telling me that that. Canada is good enough. They're good enough to keep the United States to a clean sheet. When was the last time the United States 
we're held to a scoreless draw. Or we're held to we're we're just shut out. When was the last time the United States was shut out? Like just an abs I mean I think they got shut out, maybe to Australia, but that aside, it is what it is. Um, but and this is really when I said off the podcast, off air and and to my family is that on the same night that the United States, they were crowned kings of CONCACAF, the United States women, they're now, you know, after this loss to Canada, they're not so, they're not 10 levels ahead of the rest of CONCACAF on the women's side. Canada is rising. The entire women's game in Con- I don't know, the women's game around the world is catching up very quickly. And you could you saw it in the World Cup two years or uh, yeah two years ago that it was not it was not a walk in the park for the United States. Yes, it was in their opener against Thailand, but they are very much not levels ahead. Now, if the games are in the United States, certainly the United States should win these games. But it's not like you're not going to have to play in these empty venues. And certainly there are U.S. fans that we travel around the world. If there were fans, maybe you could tell me that the U.S. women would have had a better chance in this game because the U.S. fans travel, especially against this rival in Canada. I don't think you'd ever go to U.S. versus Canada match and have... um, a ton more Canadian fans than American fans. Now, if it's a, it's on the men's side and it's a World Cup qualifier, certainly, you know, I could see that Canada has a strong fan base, um, especially in the in certain cities around Canada where they have strong club games, uh, uh, Toronto, for an example. And I don't know. That's probably the where you'd probably want to go because they have the strongest club team. They've been to an MLS final. I think I'm, this is going to get really long. I'm still, and uh, but anyway, United States men, they got it done. U.S. women lost to Canada, and I think if I did my research correct, that was their first loss to Canada in 20 years, and their first loss to any kind of calf opponent in 10 or it was 11 years. It was November of 2000, and. 10. It was a World Cup qualifier to Mexico that they lost. I believe on the women's side, the US or the CONCACAF does get three spots in the World Cup, so they were able to in and in the women's game they do a tournament to get to the World Cup. It's single elimination. So you screw up once, you're out of the World Cup. And that's really harsh. Um, and I disagree with how they do it. But it saves money. And and that's really... They're not making a ton of money on the, for these women's matches that aren't played with big fan bases like the United States. Now, certainly they're profiting when, when these games are in the United States. And the tournaments are held in the United States uh, for these women's World Cup qualifiers, at least in CONCACAF. But, and, you, and I'll, you know, here's a big example. Europe, they don't have, 
Or that's that's not true. But Europe, but in UEFA, they don't have Olympic qualifiers for the women's game. They just use the World Cup. At least they they did in the last cycle. They used who did well in the World Cup, and this was uh, to be used before the pandemic. They weren't going to have a tournament ever. So, but that's very far off the point. The point is that the United States women, they need, and I mean, I, I think this is, you got to say, if you're the coach, why are these players still on the team? It's not like all of the players, you know, Carly Lloyd, there are questions about her probably at the last Olympics, and five years later, yeah, she's still on the team, and and I just if if she's still on the Olymp in on the team, and there's one thing when it's a 23 person roster, but this is an 18 player roster that the U.S. took to the Olympic Games. So you need to have players that are very fit and that can play a lot of a lot of minutes, and and yes, part of that does does have to. And, and yes, there was a wrench thrown in the plan when they had to make a, a substitution at goalkeeper uh, because Lissonier got hurt. But I don't, I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things. Every player in your roster needs to be able to score, and every player in your roster needs to be able to play ninety minutes. And you know, in Olympics. The match windows are a little tighter than what than what they play. <laughs> than what they play really at the World Cup. These teams are playing I think they're playing every every three days, which is probably about the same, but it is in a much a much different environment just because of the protocols. And you know, I'll, I'll give them that and I think we just need to move on to another topic, but again, it's disappointing, but, uh, you know, I, I won't root against them. Uh, they, they have a, a match against Australia for the bronze medal. I think they can beat Australia. I think they can, they can get the bronze medal and it would be, I think it's bad enough that they didn't win the gold and didn't, didn't get even, even get to the final. But it would be t- uh, a lot worse if they end up on the short end and don't even get a bronze. If they lose to Australia, there's going to be a lot of questions. I think there needs to be a changing of the guard. There needs to be new stars on this team. I don't know why this is one of the oldest teams Teams are only are getting. There are young teams, young teams in other places of the world that have good teams, and you know the United States. They're gonna have to. The, I, I expect there to be a lot of changes between now and the Women's World Cup in personnel, and and uh, I don't think their coach needs to be ousted. You know. It, this is certainly a hard tournament to 
to prepare for just with all the protocols and sort of playing without fans and really this is the first time that any of these players played in a major tournament without fans this is it's different and it's the women's world cup 2023 i think it's in australia so the same sort of time difference um that they'll encounter so i'm sorry for those of you who wanted to watch the women's world cup but there's probably going to be you know some hours that you may not particularly like there are gonna be some hours that are you know a little early in the morning late at night um It'll be very similar to these Olympics is when we go to Australia. We'll go to the Australia for the Olympics. Uh, I believe in 2032? Yes, for the Summer Games 2032. Brisbane. Yeah, that's where they will be. But Simone Biles, she will compete in the... What is it? The balance beam? And so... Basically, this one... This is the sort of easiest on really the movement this this uh, you know routine that you perform for the balance beam it's not it's not the toughest um in terms of flips you got to do it's a lot of this is sort of uh, it's a balancing act for one and then you but you know i think it's it's the right thing for simone to do um, especially that this is an event there where if she didn't compete, that there would be, I believe, someone from another country would compete. So, it's sort of like, if you don't compete, you're making it harder on your teammate, who I believe, I don't actually know who it is, who the other, to their team, her teammate is in this event. Um, but, but yeah, if, if she can't, if she didn't go and it would, I think there was one other one where, and maybe that was the uneven bars where it was just Sunni, that it, yeah, she better compete. Otherwise you're just making it harder for your, your teammate here and give him, hopefully give him confidence and maybe the, and maybe win the gold medal. Even if Simone doesn't win the gold medal, I think it is, she's in a much better place now than she was when she said she was going to quit and basically said she won't, basically when she quit on her team middle of the team event, I think if Simone doesn't if so, if she didn't compete here, I don't know if she'd have the respect of many people. I th I think as long as she gets on the podium, which I don't know, I think she could have a really off day and still get a bronze medal in this. But just with sort of the difficult routines that she likes to do, um, and that she it would be capable of. And even the ones that she did in qualifying, which were not her best, I think she can 
she can get away there and at least have a, a good performance and and I, I wish her the best and that's this is happening later or uh, early tomorrow morning four o'clock central time is the approximate start time I believe um, very early in the morning um, but that's all I got for you on that one and then Carson Wentz the National Football League NFL uh, he is going to be out at the beginning of the season. I don't know when exactly the surgery is taking place, but it is a five to ten or five to twelve week recovery. So, according to the Pro Football Doc, which is uh, for Outkick, that he's the Outkick doctor, as they like to call him. He said week six. So, you know, I'll take his word for it. Probably within two weeks of that time frame, um, give or take. But <laughs> this is a major blow because if you're coming week six or week seven, um, that's at least five games that you are missing. And, and you know, if your team, your team going maybe one and four versus four and one is a huge difference. Now, I, it's not like I have the schedule on me at this minute, but, I, I mean, there are definitely probably some games. I know that they, like, open... I think they open up with, like, Seattle, where if they don't have a good quarterback at the beginning of the year, well, Seattle's just going to run away with that one. And they're going to... The Colts are going to be in a hole. Whereas if, you know, you had a Carson Wentz or you have... Really, anybody. I don't know really who the Colts can get. I think you got you have to at least try to get someone there and try to get someone into the backup into your system, and that's got to happen this week. I, I'm just telling you, you got to try to get that trade done if you can. I don't know who who it is, but it would likely be someone off the radar teams do not have a ton of film on uh, that could come in there. <laughs> and, you know, I don't expect Andrew Luck to come out of retirement, but... And I don't expect Eli Manning to come out of retirement. But it's it's like, I don't know what you do at this point. Otherwise, you're going with someone that's really a free agent and someone that isn't even on the roster another team. And and I don't know. I don't know what you do. You're in a bad situation. I don't know who their backup is either. So, you know, this is all going a little off the schedule. I don't know. Is there anything else that I was trying to get to? But the ratings for the Olympics, they've been down. They've been sort of... They've been not... I don't know how, how you describe it, but they have been about half of what watched five years ago when the games were in Rio. And, you know, that was that was wonderful when we had the games. Um, and we'll talk, I think we'll get a, little, a good couple minutes of this here. You know, I'm just, I may be just testing, seeing how long I can go on this, but without me just collapsing and utterly saying a 
just stuttering every other second. But let's let's talk about this. The time zone differences definitely do not help. In a day in a day and age where social media, streaming, and all of those other things are impacting sort of how we take things in. You know, a lot I woke up this morning to hear that the US lost to Canada. Now if the Olympics were somewhere else in the world, let's say if they were in let's say let's just use Europe for an example. If they were in Europe, if they were in Paris, which they're going to be uh, three years from now, the game would not have started at 3 a.m. I'm going to be clear. The game would not have started at 3 a.m. It may have started at like a 6 a.m. But 3 a.m., that's off the table. 6 a.m., that's a possibility. And I think that the European Olympics are really next to the best that you could get from the Rio. Rio, really perfect. I don't know how you, how you could get better than what they did for Rio. I, I mean, I just don't know. Because that's east of the East Coast, I think. I mean, I, mean, I, I know, but... <laughs> so it's east of the East Coast, so you're getting... Especially for those that are in, like, a central time. You know, that's where I live. I live central time. So what you had there was when it's, like, noon in Rio, it's, like, 10 a.m. central time or something. I think it's something like that. It's something very similar. So, um, what was I going to say? They... So they're going to have some events starting early in the morning for you. Like the marathon, obviously, in the morning, very early in the morning. But, you know, not as early as it is when it's over in Europe. So we'll make that clear. Uh, But, yeah. (coughs) But, yeah, you got all those things happening in the morning. And then... And then you'd have stuff happening all day long live. And then really that the late night events that are happening in Rio would be happening really at the end of prime time. So you could go to bed at 10 p.m. and then all the Olympics would be over. And then you could wake up the next morning at like 6 or 7 in the morning. And really everything's starting again. That was really perfect. We're never going to get that probably never going to get that again um just based on and that was really i would say really the start of where people may have started to stream stuff you know i remember back then that i would watch some stuff on um nbcolympics.com that's really the first time I I do recall doing that, streaming some stuff on NBCOlympics.com, and that's I think they had the bas they had some basketball channel, a volleyball channel, and soccer channel that they had on NBCOlympics.com, and I assume 
I don't know how big like the NBC Sports app would have been back then, but I assume they had. I don't know if people use like Chromecast. I don't think Chromecast was around back then, because that's what a lot of people use in 2020 and the smart TVs. This remember we're talking 2016, so a lot of this stuff was very exclusive and and that's it was only five years ago, but it seems a long time ago in terms of technology. Now, not a lot of technologies has, uh, since the pandemic began, not a lot of technology has really advanced too far. But there certainly are advancements going on, and we've seen that with, what's it called? The TV, ATSC 3.0, that will be coming, that has come to a lot of cities so far, and ATSC 3.0, uh, yeah, that's going to... Be huge. Uh, very shortly, we'll have ATSC 3.0, and like it'll be integrated and stuff, and and that's really the general. That's really the market we're going to be in. Probably, certainly, when we get to the World Cup that comes to North America, and I don't know. I think the the Winter Olympics that'll be in in Italia in 2026. But we'll probably be there by the time the Olympics come to Paris. So, where a lot of, where basically most of the country would have the ATSC 3.0, and that's a lot of a very very digital world. And really, the way that technology has has progressed in the last year is so different when you look at the future because if we just look at the last year not a ton of stuff has happened not a lot of things this is not really a buyer's market right now not a lot of people are buying crazy new tvs yes they did release the ps5 and xbox series x so that was um big on that front for the gamers especially those that really didn't have much to do with their time and that was and that that has been a success for sony and microsoft I'll just say that. But when we're talking about... Let's go back to time zones. You're Asia. Terrible. When it's morning in Asia, it's prime time here. And when it's night in Asia, it's early morning here. Well, I'd say early morning to to late... To, some, to a decent morning. To like a middle morning. So basically, most of the events are happening. Most of the events are happening over there between... I'd say 9 o'clock, I'd probably say 9.30 central time, and probably 8 a.m. central time, between 9.30 central time and 8 a.m. central time. I don't know exactly what times those are there, uh, but <coughs> I, think it's, I think it's like 14 hour difference, so if I go 9... It'd be like 11.30 in the morning there to 10 p.m. at night. That's that's normal, right? 11.30, just before noon. So that's normal, right? You know, that's when a lot of stuff would happen. That's when you'd think a lot of stuff would happen. Those are the times that stuff happens. But this, it's just not a good market for TV. And as it stands... Beijing 
would host the next Olympics, and it's the same deal. I think it would be one hour different than what it is now. Is it one hour better or one hour worse? One hour further west, right? You know? So, is that... I don't know. Please help me. Please help me a lot. Because that's... It's kind of sad that, you know, I'm, I'm really reverting to time zones to talk about. But, uh, I don't... Do I have anything else to talk about? But, yeah. The time zones. Crazy. And I... I think I didn't really mention Europe, but we did. We had that for London. So basically, prime time, nothing would be live when prime time in the United States. But is that the biggest deal? Is that really make or break? And that's the thing we have to decide: is that you know, prime time. Do we have to see everything in prime time? And yes, there's some things that you enjoy to watch in prime time. And I think it w- it worked out how they did with swimming at the Olympics, where they had the swimming in the morning over in Tokyo. So it ended up being a night event here in the United States. That was great. Other than that, everything else has been very hard to watch. Everything has been... Um, all over the place. You're telling me, oh, it's on NBCOlympics.com. And they're basically just forcing you to watch. The only thing they'll ever give you, like, a guide for is, like, the primetime show. They're like, you have to watch the primetime show. Well, half the primetime show's tape delayed, for one. People already know the results. And when it's primetime tape delayed... I'm not talking like two hours tape delayed because this is from the night before tape delayed. This is like 12 hours ago kind of tape delayed. Like, yeah, I'll watch stuff tape delayed for an hour. That's t- delayed an hour. Because, you know, I can be off my phone for an hour. I don't have to know exactly what's going on. But when you're t- telling me I have to watch something from last night, essentially, on a tape delay, and you're going to present this at your peak viewing hours, that is, that's how you get your audience to skew very old. Because I can guarantee you, I don't think I'm going to be watching the primetime show for Simone Biles tomorrow. That just doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like a good idea. I don't, you know, no matter what I do, I'm going to hear about it. I'm going to hear about what happened with Simone Biles. I I don't I don't know what to tell you. Am I you know if I'm if I'm 70 years old, 60 even maybe 50, maybe I can maybe I won't know. Maybe I'll But if you go anywhere, really anything, <coughs> you have to go so it's happening at 4 in the morning and they'll probably play it back. I think I don't know, maybe 7 or 8 at night. I assume it's it's the middle part. So I'd say 8 o'clock central time. And it's happening at 4 o'clock in the morning central time. 16 hours. 
16 hours, basically. I mean, about, I'd say 15 hours. Let's, let's be a little generous to NBC. Am I going to go 15 hours without knowing it and just going to watch it as if nothing happened? Oh, and trust me, they're going to, and they're going to talk about it on the, the, uh, the Today Show. You know, if, if it's newsworthy, they're going to, for sure. You know, if she gets a silver and it's kind of like average, you know, that's kind of what you expect. But if it's so close and the judging is controversial, oh my goodness, they're going to be all over it. And they're going to be like, oh, tune into the primetime show. That's like a disgrace. You're not going to just show it to me right now? The Today Show and their Olympic coverage is a joke. They don't want to show you any highlights. They're like, oh, well, you know, like, we we sold all these ads for primetime and, like, but are we in this, are we in like this dark age where, and I do, you know, the best way to watch this Olympics is certainly the NBC Sports app. And if it was in a better time zone, if it was in that European time zone, that I say is, is really, um, is really gold for me. I like that European time zone. So I can watch everything. And maybe it's not the best. Because Rio time zone's the best. I said a little bit earlier, that's really the best time zone. Is Rio time zone. Or Eastern Canada. No, it's not going to... The Olympics not going to be Eastern Canada, let's be honest. But Rio time zone is the best. You know, I don't have much to do. So, maybe people do like it. How it is. But, you know, not for me. It's, it's really not... But anyway, they'll do it for us, I think. Enjoy your games, but I just want to give you, give you why the NBC Sports app is really the best way to watch. You can watch everything with if you have TV authentication. You can really watch like every event. There's so many streams. You just have to know how to use an app. And I would say if you're above like if you're above like 45. I'm sorry, but this Olympics is probably you're probably at, you're probably at the mercy of NBC because you probably don't know how to maneuver the NBC Sports app in the way that and I'm, I'm I don't want to be ageist, but I just want to give you a perspective of how many people are really that are suffering through the primetime coverage. And are, they only know TV. They only know... And they're like, well, this isn't live. You know, well, maybe, they, maybe they're okay. Maybe they're fine. Maybe they didn't watch the opening ceremony live. Maybe they, they watched it in prime time. They, they're, they're fine with watching the Olympics on tape delay. Maybe they're fine. I, I'm, I mean, I hope they are. Honestly, I hope they're not suffering and and at the mercy of NBC and watching all these re-airs all day. For those people that are watching the Olympics on tape delay during the day, I feel for you. I, I mean, that is just sad. Like, that honestly, like, feels like I can feel pain from the people that put... If you watch it for an hour, okay, that's fine. If you're watching it all day... 
Now it is great. Uh, it's great for for like bars, for bars who are trying to. Who really? There's no no sports are happening during the day right now. You got like soccer friendlies right now that are happening during the day. No one wants to watch that. Let's be honest. But you got you got stuff to put on your TVs, and that's that's the thing that I like. That's one good thing, because I was at a lot of. I wasn't really in a restaurant, but I had I, I went by a lot of TVs that were on at a water park with you know cabanas and stuff, obviously. But yeah, TVs. That's a great thing to put on TV. Is you see the Olympics run? Oh yeah. But it's great for them. Great for great for bars. Olympics, twenty four hours on TV. USA Network every night except Monday night the Olympics are on wow don't like the, what they did with NBCSN as well, either I don't like what they did so you're telling me NBCSN is just going to air reruns during prime time what I don't think that's a good idea. All right. I think that I think we just got to get done with this. NBC Sports app, you can watch everything. You can like you can even like if they like the US Men's basketball games that are on Peacock, they're on they're on the NBC Sports app. Don't tell anybody. But they're there and you can watch them. I don't know if it has I think it still has the good commentary. The American commentary and it has the Peacock logo in the corner. But, but, if you're paying for USA Network and NBCSN, you can watch on the NBC Sports app with your credentials. And you can watch the United States men's basketball tonight at 11.40 p.m. Central Time, 9.40 on the West Coast, as they take on Spain in a quarterfinal matchup. It's available on Peacock Premium, and it's also available on the NBC Sports app to stream. Support your support your U.S. men's basketball tonight, and if they win, they'll play again on Wednesday night. Same time slot, also on Peacock Premium. And then the United States could, if they win the next two games, they could be in that gold medal game, which we'll have on, on hand for you Friday night on NBC and Peacock. Women's basketball, they they play or I I I apologize, it's not the same time slot. Not the same time slot on Wednesday. It's actually 11:15 Central Time, 9:15 on the West Coast. Just 15 minutes past midnight on the East Coast. All right. Holy cow. We're about 44 minutes right now. Crazy. It's a lot of time. Long time. Have a good one. Peace on out. Enjoy the Olympic Games.